Hey guys, welcome back to the fourth episode of Co-op Week. So if you guys haven't watched the first three episodes, basically Co-op Week is something Ikhnor and I thought of to really get you guys interacting with different people and their different first internships. So for every day of one week, we're going to be releasing a different episode interviewing a different person in our class. So we're super happy to introduce our fourth guest, Amanda. So if you could just introduce herself, that'd be great. Yeah, for sure. So I'm, I just finished my 1A semester in systems design and engineering at the University of Waterloo. And my interests really lie in product management, software development, business, and design. Well, no, that's great. You are very versatile, as you can see, which I think is with most of us system students. We're kind of into everything and just kind of kind of dabbling our way through the different industries that is offered to us through tech. So I was just wondering if you could talk a little bit more about the company that you work for and kind of your key position and role and what you kind of do every single day. Yeah, for sure. So I work at a company called Year Zero Studios, and there we have um, eight different projects. And one of the projects that I'm working on is called Wellify. And uh, basically, Wellify is an online platform for, um, for wellness instructors to book classes for their students and to schedule classes. So what I'm doing there, uh, my position is uh, product management. But since it's more of a startup-like environment, I'm really wearing multiple hats, doing a lot of other types of roles, like, for example, um, designing and software development. Yeah, I feel like that's something that's super common within startups. You kind of just like adapt to all these different roles. So could you just like take me through like a regular day in your life, like from the beginning to the end? For sure. I think um, in in my company, the the day in the life is not exactly the same as um, it would be in other typical companies. I think it's rather different kind of, kind of every day. So uh, basically in the morning, we have stand up at 10 a.m., and um, we basically go around saying what we did, what we want to do for the upcoming day. And um, afterwards, we have actually a one hour break from uh, 12 to 1 p.m. And um, between those times, we have individual work. And you can definitely schedule meetings with your director um, during the, the times of work. And um, when we end work, it's a little bit flexible. So you can end work kind of whenever you want, but I think most people end at around four to five. No, yeah, that sounds interesting. My work is a lot different in that sense. I feel like um, like we have like a set timing, like for example, I chose my work to be from 8.30 to 4.30 and like those are the only hours I work in between. And like, it's just very like structured in that sense where I feel like yours is more kind of go with the flow type of energy is very interesting to see I guess it's because also as you mentioned earlier it's more of like a startup environment where you get to do a lot of things and I actually find that very interesting how you like get to put on all these hats so I was just wondering like I was just curious like after like being able to like uh, work in all these different roles what role is kind of the most interesting to you right now in terms of like all the things you've done um I would still say that my uh, my heart lies with product management, and um, I I really enjoy doing that kind of work. But um, I would say that my second favorite one is probably um, software engineering. Um, and in terms of PM, uh, product management, I really like that 
you get to empathize with the user and look at their problem space and put your head in their shoes and um, just thinking about the pain points and thinking about how you can improve the product if you were them. And I think that's my favorite part of product management. Although in this current co um, in this current co-op, um, I haven't yet gotten the responsibilities of doing that um, in this co-op. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like it's a great like learning environment, especially in startup companies, because we're so young, we like don't exactly know exactly the path that we're going to go down. So it's really great to have all these opportunities. Um, I'm just curious about like how remote work is going for you and how like the company is adapting to being online. Um, yeah, so I think remote work, um, it does feel a little bit lonely sometimes um, just because uh, you're working by yourself in your room and it's, you know, quiet in the room and it's not like um, at a, in the office environment when you can hear sad conversations while you're working or um, you're, you're basically working just by yourself. And um, I think that it really depends on the person, but I think it's, it's fine for me, although um, I would like some more in human interaction. And in terms of um, Year Zero Studios, I think they've done um, a good job so far in trying to build that sort of community. Um, every Wednesday after work, we have um, a weekly game night and I really enjoy those. Um, and as far as I know for the other, um, our, our sister company, which is Polar, um, I don't think they have that many um, sort of social activities as we do in, in the year zero. Um, so um, yeah, I think I'm definitely really grateful for the fact that the directors seem like they're really caring about um, building that community aspect. No, that's definitely very refreshing to hear. Like the fact that even though like everyone's been remote and the situation with COVID has been hard for everyone, such a company is still continuing to adapt and have these game nights. I mean, I'd love to have something like that. It sounds really fun. And I feel like it could just be a great way to build relationships that kind of transcend past just, you know, like that coworker level. Cause I know for a lot of us, it's just like, we just have this like very like work-ish relationship, but it doesn't go any more past that. Like we aren't really like friends, which I think can be like rough sometimes, especially online, it's hard to build those strong friendships. So I think it's really cool how you guys like do that. It's very interesting to me. I mean, that also kind of leads into like your company culture, which is very evident through that. Do you want to talk a little bit more about maybe how many people are on your team and how many people you work with and if they're like all interns or older people and more experienced people? Yeah, for sure. Um, so the, the company hired around, um, I think it was around 40 interns for both Polar and Year Zero. And I think for Year Zero, we have around um, half of, the amount that they hired, a little bit more than half. And as for my team specifically, we have six people working. And um, so far it's around four people doing development and two people doing product management. How has your experience been with like working with just other interns compared to like working with like full-time employees? Um, I definitely think that the, the vibe is a lot more chill when working with um, just students because when you're working with um, adults, a lot of the times the conversation goes to adult topics. So for example, um, when I was working at my, my other company um, previously, the, the, my coworker beside me was talking about how her daughter was sneaking out um, 
in the middle of the night and her daughter was the same age as me and she was talking about how she should deal with that and I was thinking wow I'm the same age as your daughter so in terms of that um there's some there's some topics that you can't really relate to if the age gap is that large but um, I definitely really enjoy um learning from the people who are the same age as me no I get that because like me like I'm work- working with mostly adults and I know what you mean like like it's sometimes like hard to carry a conversation because since you guys have such different experiences and like you're from such different walks of life all the times the conversations you have are very formal and like it's not really like a friendship <laughs> dynamic it's more of like mm-hmm. oh like a mentor or even like like that type of figure like even like a teacher in a way so I think it's really cool how you get to like kind of continually interact with people your age and I feel like that's really good as well to like build networks and connections in the future um so yeah that's really cool actually mm-hmm. um so I was just wondering a little bit about like your application process some people we've talked to didn't use water the works um I just want to know how like you got the job and how you applied yeah so um I I was actually um this job came from Waterloo Works but um b- before this job uh, I also was applying outside of Waterloo Works quite heavily um so some of the sites that I was using was um AngelList uh Indeed Monster LinkedIn job board and um sending connection requests to people to recruiters on LinkedIn and um I think out of all of those um the highest response rate that I got was actually from um, AngelList. And AngelList is a platform that lists um, a lot of startups. And there, um, I, I got a lot of interviews um, to interview with startups. And um, I think that really benefited me. I was doing quite a lot of interviews um, during that time, like around four interviews a day for like two, three weeks. Wow. And- oh my gosh, <laughs> whoa. Um, I know, but um, I think I took it to an extreme, but um, I think it benefited me because once I reached the stage of when I was doing my Waterloo Works interviews, um, I was really, really prepared um, for interviews. And it just kind of um, rolled off the tip of my tongue, like my stories. And um, I, I felt like I had that kind of confidence that I definitely did not have in my first interview. So doing a lot of interviews, I think really helped me when it came to real interviews like at Waterloo Works no that's like really good advice sorry like I hadn't even heard of like Angelus like before you just mentioned it right now and the and the fact that you got to prepare so often and like do all these interviews is definitely a good skill to have and I definitely look into the future into the future as well and that's super cool Mm -hmm. so like what did you have on your resume if you got all these interviews oh my gosh like any experiences Um, yeah, so I've actually had an internship before, and um, at this internship, I um, so the company was called um, Inertia Engineering Manufacturing and Design, and what I did there was um, I was working on an MRI system, so a machine that does med- medical scans, and um, there I was learning SolidWorks and seeing how the SolidWorks file goes from you know the design concept to the three D printing file to um, the 3D print prototype to the actual, finally, the manufactured part. And, well, uh, we had a course in systems design um, in the first year that did pretty much exactly that, which is very interesting to see in hindsight. Um, but, but anyways, I was working on um, 
the product side of that. And I also expressed my interest in um, being a Scrum Master or a product manager. And so um, they let me shadow the Scrum Master in the company. And um, with that experience, I was sitting in meetings, um, looking at the product roadmap and thinking about the prioritization of tasks in the product backlog. And I was also sitting in other meetings um, with the client and um, listening to their feedback, listening to their pain points and um, taking that knowledge back to the shop and um, implementing that in, um, in new designs. And uh, I, I thought that was a really great experience to have um, that kind of oversight in how the process works. That's really impressive how you got uh, an internship before university. Do you want to maybe talk a little bit more about how you got the internship and the process of getting an internship? Yeah, so that was a real, um, a very interesting story, actually, the, um, this internship. So um, in high school, I was part of um, FIRST Robotics, FRC. And um, there we had, um, there was there was this leadership retreat called, um, I think it was called Girls in FIRST Leadership. Um, I actually forgot. But anyways, um a lot of us went to this conference and there was a, a networking session where um, everyone can have a formal dinner with um, someone in the industry. And when I mean formal, it's one of those dinners where you have um, like four forks and like two spoons and um, <laughs> you have to use the proper spoon and the proper fork for the proper um, <laughs> meal. Um, so it was that kind of dinner. And um, at my table, there was a woman who... Um, graduated from the University of Waterloo and started her own company and she met this boy this man who also graduated from Waterloo and they became married and started their own company um, that was um, kind of like um, engineering products for other um, companies and so I was talking with her and she was um, talking a bit about her her son and her company and telling me about her story and in the end I asked her um, you know I'm actually looking for um, a summer in internship um, do you know anyone who could help me or do you know of any resources that I could look to to find such a thing and she was thinking um, well you know I don't really know um, but I can add you on LinkedIn and um, we can connect if there's any other opportunity that I see in the future. And so there we go, we connected on LinkedIn and um, I messaged her again, just like reiterating what I was saying um, to see if she has any resources to help me. And a week later, she responded saying, well, I don't know anybody in the industry, but I asked around my own company and um, it seems like we can probably find a position for you. Um, and so she was, she basically, was the founder so she could she could um put me in put a good word in for me and after that she invited me for a phone interview and um after that she invited me to an on-site interview and after that she um we we basically toured the um toured the the building and um yeah she offered me the the offer <laughs> at that point Oh my god, whoa. That's actually a crazy story. That just shows you guys, like people who are listening, the importance of making connections and networking. Oh my gosh, whoa. That's such a cool story. <laughs> no, I'm like so impressed. Like the way that even happened and you just like met someone at a conference and like 
you just like got a job from there using like your skills as well I'm very impressed um just for like some of the- that, um that was really lucky for for that to happen mm-hmm. just for like some of the people listening what's some advice for like reaching out to people or like building your network um in terms of what I've heard from other people um again I'm not I'm no expert, but um, if you're ever cold um, emailing somebody or um, sending that connection request and writing that personal note, um, I would make it very short and brief. And um, you have to realize that these kind of people, they probably receive um, a lot of messages every day. And so they are not going to read your message if it's like 10 lines long. And so you should really get to the point Um, say something like who you are, um, what your intentions are, and what you can bring, uh, what you can offer to them, and um, how have your experiences in the previously, how can those experiences help um, the current role that you're seeking? So to be very clear and not fluffy about the message that you're sending. Mm -hmm. Yeah, something that I feel like I've learned in the past month, like, even in like my co-op right now is to be direct with what you want. Um, yeah. If, if you're just direct with what you want, people will understand. Instead of like kind of beating around the bush and being like, ah, uh, uh, like, you know, no. Yeah. Like there's no way, like there's no reason to feel, be like embarrassed or shameful. Like literally just send out as many as you can. Like, like there's no <laughs> like, harm in just sending out these messages. And cause at the end of the day, like nothing can go wrong either they reply to you or they don't and if they do like you got it yourself another mentor you know what I mean so just like being able to like just remain confident just being able to just send out all these requests can really take you far in your future one thing that I was a little bit uh, curious about was do you have any tips on kind of like how do you like write a really good resume that would allow people to like reach out to you like do you have any specific resume tips to give some of our listeners yeah, for sure. Um, I, I've i looked at um, numerous first-year 1A resumes at this point, and um, a lot of the, I would say the most common mistake that people make is not including enough numbers. And this is very important because if you're a recruiter who is looking at a resume for seven seconds, you're really not reading the bullet points. Um, you're just looking at, you're just scanning for key elements. And so um, what you really want to do is quantify your results. And you have to remember that um, a resume is not a list of what you did, but it's a list of your accomplishments and and your achievements. And so what you want to follow is, um, for, your, for your bullet points, what you want to follow is this kind of format. I did X to achieve Y, which resulted in Z. And uh, granted that it's not possible to write um, every bullet point in this format, but um, you definitely want to aim to do to do that. And um, a lot of times people in 1A, their resumes don't have enough um, quantifiable uh, achievements. And so um, I would say that that's the number one thing to watch out. And other than that, um, some basic, some basic um, advice is if you're applying in Waterloo Works, uh, make sure that your skills go at the top, your education goes at the bottom. Um, you start every bullet point with um, a strong action verb and you make sure that the spacing between each paragraph is sufficient so that it looks like there's um, it looks better to the eyes it, rather than having very little space between your paragraphs 
Oh, and I, I will also add that if you're applying outside of Waterloo Works, um, your education should go at the top. Um, but the, being, the reason why the education goes at the bottom for Waterloo Works is because they already know that you go to Waterloo. Mm -hmm. No, those are some very good resume tips. Thank you for that. Talking about like resumes and stuff, that got me thinking, did you write a lot of cover letters for any of the jobs you applied to? Or do you think they're like not as important? Because I know that's a controversial thing. Some people deem them quite important and others think, oh, like they don't really do much. Um, me personally, I wrote one cover letter and that was for Year Zero Studios. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, for other people, I definitely know people who wrote all the way up to like 10 cover letters. And I definitely know people who've finished their entire university careers at Waterloo without ever writing a single cover letter. So in my opinion, um, if you think that you have the time to write a good quality cover letter, then for sure, go ahead and do that. Um, and if you think that you can write a good cover letter to begin with, then go ahead and do that. But I, I feel like um, my, my time is better spent not writing a cover letter, um, but that's my personal opinion. I think most people write around three cover letters for every mm -hmm. cycle. Yeah, I agree. Um, some of the advice I got was like, only write a cover letter if you really, really want the company because a, like a really generic cover letter is worse than like no cover letter. Um, or, for sure. And I think, mm -hmm, yeah. And I think it's also better, for example, if you're applying to these huge companies like Facebook, Google, like Amazon, like whatever, writing a cover letter isn't necessarily super helpful because they have thousands of applications compared to like a small startup company where they, they only have like what, like maybe a few hundred. So they'll actually go through every person's cover letter. Yeah, and I think in um, what you mentioned, like the big tech fan companies, they don't ask for cover letters to begin with. Um, I think um, in, in my experience from looking at the, the Waterloo Works um, postings, I think uh, banks actually um, ask for cover letters more often. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, I was just wondering, did you get any like, help writing your resumes because like you seem like you have a lot of experience did you reach out to upper years for them to edit them for sure um when when i was going through my resume i did a lot of my own individual research beforehand and um seeing how I, i've actually been working on my resume for years um in high school so i kind of had a base um of a of a good resume already um and in um, 1A, I definitely reached out to a lot of um, upper years for help. And I also attended a lot of um, sort of career events, networking events, and um, resume critiques and those sort of events. And um, I attended them before university as well. So I also had that kind of background knowledge in, in writing a good resume. So I guess all those combined, um, it gave me a lot of insight on what makes a good resume. Mm -hmm. No, that's definitely really important. I feel like as first years, we like don't know much and it's really important to get all the help we can. Like I know for me, I mentioned some of the other episodes as well. Like I got my resume edited like so many times, like literally like 10 times. And like, I remember like the first time I asked like my brother to edit it, like in my head, I was like, this is so good. And then he edited it and he was like, this is trash. And I was like, oh, well. <laughs> So I feel like that happens with a lot of us. Like we think that something's good until somebody points out all these things that could be fixed. And it's just important to keep like iterating until you get like the best final product. 
And I was kind of also hoping you could talk a little bit more about like interview tips as well, since that is uh, very important of the application process. Yeah, for sure. Um, so um, interviews, what, what I found is that they kind of ask you the same type of questions, but in different ways. So what you really need to do is um, go through all of the um, experiences that you list on your resume and have a story um, have a story that associates with each experience. So they'll ask you the same type of questions like um, something about your proudest moment, something where you struggled a lot, um, something where you worked with someone else and um, it was a struggle when working with someone else. So they wanna see collaboration. And um, basically if you have um, like a, like a positive story and sort of um, a hardworking, um, I overcame this challenge type of story for every kind of experience on your resume, um, then I think you're you're pretty good off for the behavioral questions. So what I did was um, basically practice my stories um, and thinking about how to well structure the story in a star format, um, which is, um, I forget, I, I think it was a situation. Um, and man, I, I don't remember it anymore. Yeah, um, it's but... situation, task, action, results, something like that. Yeah, so so something like that. So format all of your stories in that kind of way. And um, I would say to really practice out loud. And this is very important because when you're thinking about a story in your head and you think it sounds good in your head, but when you say it out loud, it's, it sounds different. So it's very important to practice speaking out loud. Mm -hmm. Yeah, do a lot of mock interviews, I think. It's like a huge tip just to like be comfortable in an interview setting. Um, I'm just wondering, did you have any technical interviews? And if you did, like, how did you prepare for those? Yeah, I did have um, some technical interviews. And um, the way that it works in Waterloo, in Waterloo works is if you have a 30 minute interview, you can expect that it's just behavioral. And if you have a one hour interview, you can expect that the first 30 minutes is behavioral and the last 30 minutes is technical. And as for the technical questions, um, I don't think I found um, uh, any sort of pattern um, that, that about the questions that they ask you. So it can range anywhere from um, asking about specific technologies that you listed in your skills section, um, or it can be um, something like a coding challenge, which I've gotten like like a leak code sort of question, um, or it could be um, testing anything that you you did in in depth um, about your personal projects. So they might ask you a little bit to explain those in detail. Um, they could also ask you some uh, questions like um, concepts from object-oriented um, programming fundamental kind of kind of um, questions. So if you have that listed on your resume, you should um, really go over um, those fundamentals. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like definitely know everything very well that you put on your resume because everything that you put on your resume the interviewer will probably ask you about it so any projects like any um tools that you use any languages like really really know them in depth but um just going back to your job right now i was wondering how because you mentioned before how like you're wearing all these different hats how did you adapt to all these new rules i mean roles and how did you really like learn in the moment as you like went through your internship um, so the 
the things that I had to learn um, in this internship were how to use Figma for design and how to um, how to write backend code for Firebase functions. And how I approached that um, with Figma was I sort of just fiddled around with it. And if there was any um, if there was anything that I didn't know how to do, then I would search it up on the spot and um, maybe read some articles or watch some YouTube videos. And I would do the same kind of approach for the backend coding. And if I really ran into some issue that I couldn't solve, then I would book a meeting um, with the director and ask him for some technical help. And um, I think that you definitely should, um, if you're really stuck and you've really tried, um, you, you definitely should reach out to your mentor or director to ask for um, some help for unblocking because they don't want you to be stuck there all day um, being blocked and not doing any work when you can quickly ask the, the director how to approach the problem. Mm -hmm. No, that's really important. I feel like that's a skill that we all kind of need to learn is just being able to be super adaptive and just kind of learning all these new roles because I know it can be kind of intimidating at first knowing for example like oh like you didn't know figment stuff like that but just being able to move past that and being able to kind of ask for help without being afraid I guess is very important I was just hoping you could maybe just kind of to wrap it up kind of talk about overall in terms of what you like right now the most about your co-op what are some things you don't like things you would change um I really like um like basically everything about my co-op. Um, I'm really grateful for the fact that I landed this co-op and um, I really enjoy um, the fact that the director is very um, caring about the co-op students and he really seems like um, he wants the best for us to learn and to grow in our skill sets. And um, maybe one thing that I would like to change um, is uh, to have more like individual conversations with the coworkers um, in the co-op because I know that everybody at the co-op, um, all the students are very cool people and I definitely want to um, talk more with every co-op student in, in the co-op. <laughs> no, that's really good to hear that you're thoroughly enjoying your first co-op. I know for some people their first co-op hasn't been going the best. So I'm really glad that yours is. And just to end it off, I'd like to say thank you so much for coming on and giving us your precious time to share all your advice and tips. And I know I learned a lot from you from your past internship as well. And I definitely implement a lot of your advice into my own personal life. And I'm sure our audience will as well. So thank you so much for coming on. And to everyone who is listening, be sure to just reach out to Amanda anytime you have questions about um, any of the stuff she mentioned, if you have any specific questions about her certain experiences. So thank you so much once again for coming on and we really appreciate you having here. Thank you so much for having me.